Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday, USC Pro Day. We're down on the USC campus checking out the USC Trojans going on to the NFL. There's 15 or so former USC football players taking part, and Chris Trevino, who alongside me in the studio, and myself, uh, we're there checking it all out. We were at the first USC spring practice of the Lincoln Riley era, and uh, we're going to tell you all about that, and we're going to tell you about we're doing this on a simulcast. We're doing this on YouTube. We did it last week. It seemed to work pretty well. Hopefully this one works. Uh, I want to welcome in Chris Trevino. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris N. Trevino. What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm a little tired. It has been a <laughs> uh, long 48 hours. Haven't quite hit that 48-hour mark. So just been a long two days with first day of spring camp. Always very busy. You know, you stay late because a lot of content comes out of that first day. Haven't gotten that rhythm yet. And then usually that pro day is like right in the between that first week of uh, of spring camp. Yeah. And it's bright and early. It's 8 a.m. Got to get up after a long night of covering the first spring spring camp. Get up early. Get your butt over there to to, to Loker Stadium and, you know, cover cover pro day. So I'm a little tired, but I'm using my last bit of energy for the day. To, to, I'm giving it to you, Ryan, for, the, for this podcast. So I hope you're appreciative of that. I, I appreciate it very much, and uh, I'm not definitely will not tell everyone when I came into the studio. You were not sleeping on the floor. That, that's not absolutely. That not, I was, was not absolutely happening. was not curled up on a ball on the floor with a pillow and a blankie. Okay. Absolutely did not happen. And I will not tell them that I invited you to go to Laker game. You said I would rather sleep. So absolutely did not happen. <laughs> I will see you at the Laker game, my good friend. All right. Uh, well, I want to welcome everyone uh, back. So we're trying this again on the YouTube thingy, and it worked, I think, pretty well last week. So we're going to try it again. I actually got some photos and stuff. So if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the Parastel podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, inside Troy on YouTube if you want to see us. And we'll try to add some visual effects. We do plan on having Tunnel Vision back again. We we're playing with some different equipment and stuff, but we'll be back to like our normal stuff. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to do a Tunnel Vision. And today, we're going to talk about the first day of spring practice. 
what we kind of saw out there and pro day, some of the roster news of what's been going on. If you have any questions or comments for the show, Chris Trino and I will be doing a regular show. Not sure Tuesdays or Wednesdays. We'll figure it out which day, but it'll be, you know, one of the uh, middle days of the week. Uh, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. Chris is also doing uh, the two-star podcast, the recruiting podcast. It is not rated a two-star podcast on Apple reviews. It is just called the two-star podcast. You're right. The composite two-star recruits. That is uscfootball.com's newest uh, recruiting podcast with me and Gerard Martinez, who is a five-star analyst. But for the sake of the bit, a one-star host <laughs> along with me. Right. So make sure that's going to be on our regular feed. So if you send in your questions, podcast at uscfootball.com, hey, say, hey, Chris and Ryan, and we'll play it on this one. There, we'll still do Harvey Hyde. If you want to say, hey, that's for Harvey Hyde, you can do it there. But you can also send it in uh, and say it's for the composite two-star. And if you want to do that, uh, then we'll forward it over to Chris and he can read it with uh, Gerard. I think you guys went an hour and 45 minutes last time. So We're averaging about uh, a buck 40 at this rate. So, yeah, and people say they like the longer ones for us. They just, I just have to let Gerard talk. And I don't think people have realized that you can send us questions. They haven't hacked it because everyone wants to ask Gerard questions all the time. But if you just email us, we yeah. will get the question. It's it's a backdoor hack. And you don't got to wait till he sees it on the, the Parastar or Twitter. He's never on Twitter, but you can email him and I'll make sure he re, he gets the question. Yeah, he'll get it on there. And if you ever watch a Gerard type, it's like a little, he's pecking like with two fingers and stuff. So yeah. he might not fully answer your question on the Parastar because he's got to, you know, it takes him a long time to type. He will talk. He will tell you all about whatever you're asking about. And he had some great stories on the last composite two-star, if you haven't checked it out. Told a great Reggie Bush, Percy Harvin story. Like, yeah. He just throws these random, like, old-school recruiting tales in there. And I got to – people want that, so I got to pull that out more. But, yeah, I'm not going to spoil the story. You got to go listen to it. Go listen. Uh, so go check that out. That's the latest one that's on the Peristop Podcast feed. Yeah, so if you email us, do it, you know, and then let us know which show because we have there'll be three regular ones, and you know you can do for shotgun as well uh, when he's got his uh, what's his called? heard it on the sideline heard it on the sideline podcast. Yeah, there's so many. Come on, ones. Ryan, I do the opening intro. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we need to get you a new intro, which we'll work on that. Uh, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail or send us a text to any of the shows, same thing, four two four two five four nine one four one. It's the number, and if you're on the Apple Podcasting app or Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating. Follow us. Uh, follow the Peristyle Podcast, the entire feed. Uh, but if you leave us five-star, that really helps to grow the show. And if you're on the Apple Podcasting app, you know, one of those uh, reviews, we love those. We love to send, uh, you know, read those when they're when you guys send them in. So please do that. also want to thank our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's. I was going through, I don't know how this came across. I think someone tweeted at me or something. It was a BuzzFeed article. Uh, there was a, an article about the top, the top 10 favorite, or they rated, they took 10 of the favorite, most popular, uh, items, frozen meals. Okay. So frozen. there's, there's a lot of frozen meals that you can get. A lot get. of frozen meals. And so I, it's, it's good. You know, you just pop it in the microwave or whatever. And they did like a taste test and they did this article for Buzzfeed. So I want to give you a couple of the big ones that you should try that I've tried. Uh, the, the number one one they had there was the Trader Joe's steamed pork and ginger soup dumplings. I love me. I love me some dumplings. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, they're only three bucks, so go in there. It's uh, yeah, just you get these pork and ginger dumplings. Are you a dumpling guy? Big dumps guy. I mean, so <laughs> so freaking good. Now I'm not a vegan guy, okay. but there's a Trader Joe's vegan pad thai. It's only okay. three and a half bucks. I want to go try that one out. They had that rated number two, and the third one was Trader Joe's barbecue chicken, uh, which I've had that before. So that's uh, 
That's another good one. So if you want some frozen meals over at Trader Joe's, I know it can be, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. So I just give you a top three. This was what BuzzFeed had as they uh, rated their top three over there. But I don't know, Chris, I like to try to pick out different ones when I go through and, and, and try them out. Yeah, I mean, there's always something that catches my eye when you go through the frozen section. I have my stand, my like favorites, the things I always have to get, like the orange chicken yeah. or the waffles. Or I'm a big fan of those little hash browns. But there's always something new you want to try when you're going through. I tried like the, the it's like Brazilian cheese bread one time. Oh, I don't bread. think I tried that. I'm a big bread guy, so anything bread and cheesy, you know. Ooh. No, I got I got to dip into it. I got the garlic naan is is good too. Like if you get one of the mm, Indian okay, dishes, I haven't get, tried that. Yeah, I love. Do you like Indian food? I like naan. <laughs> yeah, garlic naan. I, I like the Indian food stuff. Butter too. chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, can't go wrong there. That's not but thanks again to Trader Joe's, they've been great to us. But I, just, I found that article, thought, so I thought I'd share. If there's if you're going through and you want to like pick something out, um, okay. So we had the first day of. USC spring football. I'm going to, for the YouTube people, I'm going to put very, up a... Very quickly, while oh, you're yeah, doing that, I just want to say, I feel like you starting, because this is our second week doing the YouTube simulcast, yeah. whatever deal, I feel like you're you're trying to like slowly push me into the, the live show. It's like, <laughs> look, you're already kind of doing it already. It's like the same thing. I kind of feel like you're just kind of like, I don't know what the word is. I, I'm not... I'm too tired to think of the right word, but I right. just feel like you're slowly like like this is a gateway drug to tunnel vision. Yeah, or? you're just like you're already doing I'm it, sort of. A, it's like you're already like your foot's already in the pool. Just like jump in. I feel like that's what you're doing. I just yeah. want to let you know I see what you're doing. This is a gateway drug. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I I we did these. I tried to do these with Keely sometimes, and uh, it was good. I don't know, but it's it's actually definitely a little more work just behind the scenes. You probably you guys probably don't care, but. Um, but you know, some people care. some people really liked it, and they they sent me feedback, and they're like, "Hey, that's great. Keep doing those." Uh, so I'm like, "All right, well, let's um, you know, we'll we'll do that. We'll keep doing the podcast like we're doing, and we'll do our tunnel visions." But you know, if we can, we're already in here recording. We have the cameras and stuff set up. If we just record ourselves, I just have to be more cognizant of what I'm doing on camera. Right. Like if that's I'm getting true. a sip of water, which I. You're not doing right now. Well, just like, and you're like, you want to check your phone. Like, you're like, oh, if, if Chris is talking for a while, that'd be like, oh, texting away. Uh, oh, Chris, what did you say something? But it's hard to do that when you're on camera. So I guess it makes you like focus. I in. have to be on we're focused. all the time. Yes. We're <laughs> all the time. We're focused in. Uh, well, let's focus in. First, before we get into the spring football, I guess there's a little breaking news. Uh, it was just like kind of heading into when the spring. Um, so the spring guide came out. There was a couple of names missing. Uh, there was some, well, you can talk about some of the position uh, switches and stuff too, but uh, Dorian Hewitt and Jake Smith uh, were no longer on, on the roster in the program. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I was going to ask Lincoln Riley about it. And then they said last question and someone else asked. So I didn't, I got the first question in for Lincoln, but I didn't get the last one in. Um, so I didn't get to ask him about that. We can, uh, I don't know if we get to talk to him Thursday, but we can talk to him on Saturday. Saturday. So maybe we can ask him then. Uh, but, uh, you know, he talked about, you know, significant roster turnover. He talked about adding double digit scholarship players, uh, you know, after the spring. So anyone that's not on the roster, I expect them that they're, they're gone, gone. Like, you know, we got to see Isaiah pull him out today. We never had some official announcement, but he was, you know, working out for pro day. Anyone you think is, is gone, Chris, I'm guessing is gone. Yeah, if you have a favorite player you're hoping for that maybe <laughs> oh maybe they'll be back. No, it's 
it's pretty much gone. Like once someone, if, if that's the feeling right now, it's like if you step out, you're not coming back in. Alex Stadhouse is the only one who's ever uh, ventured out of the portal and back into it under this uh, regime. And for good reason, because they had no kickers and, you know, he's going to get that shot. But yeah, if they're, They've been given their walking papers. I don't see them coming back. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what, if we're going to get any kind of explanation uh, for that. Just you know, it's like, hey, yeah, they moved on. Um, so yeah, but th- uh, those two were always sort of interesting, just because you know, Jake obviously high profile transfer. He was a big deal. Get he was a big get, and then off season in that summer, right before you know uh, fall camp started. But obviously the foot injury. Um, Clay Helton had kind of mentioned, hey, he's kind of looking at this possibly surgery we'll we'll get a second opinion and then a week later it was like oh he's not going to be here so he was out there a lot early in the season you know he was out there in the, the little go-kart got the the foot uh casted up but then slowly I just started to notice because I have to watch everything in practice and sometimes you just pick up on stuff is that I didn't see that cart anymore and I did not see Jake Smith especially towards the end of the season and obviously I wouldn't blame him because obviously USC sucked last year in four and eight who wants to go watch a four and eighteen practice I'll tell you who us. <laughs> we I we have no choice. So yeah, and you just noticed that you know he wasn't around as much, and I did not see anything. And you know this stuff might not seem like a big deal, but you know you look on social media, you look what the people are liking, you look what people are retweeting, and there was nothing really about USC, even though there were a bunch of other things other players were liking. And I could never really get a straight answer from people that I talked to about Jake Smith for for winter workouts, and it just got the vibe that maybe something was off there. Yeah. Um. I talked to someone in Arizona who, you know, kind of imp- implied that, you know, he was good to go. He was healthy, but there was still some gray area as to, well, is he on the team? Because I, I just hadn't seen anything just from videos I posted or they had they had posted, you know, with their winter workouts. I'm always looking in the background to see who I yeah, what fuzzy like figure. scanning everything. Yes. You know. uh, CSI Peristyle is what we call yeah. it, where we just kind of analyze everything in the video frame by frame. And I just didn't see any anything of him that kind of gave me this kind of feeling that you know maybe you know i wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't on the roster just because i was getting that feeling but i kind of went against that feeling and i i put him down as one of my breakout candidates i um, do remember that I and think we, did we do that on the podcast i think so but yeah, we talked about that and I was but like, in fairness tisk, if he tisk, was tisk. on the roster and healthy he was obviously going to be in that discussion right like i could have put Devonte adams as a breakout candidate because if he was on the roster and healthy okay. he would have been you know we you don't zing me a lot now you're starting to zing me a little bit but that was good and then as far as dorian you know he was someone who had covid and he was gone for several weeks that was a while yeah. and then he was gone for longer than what you would expect for the for the pro calls and then he randomly came back one practice or a couple practices and then never saw him again so that one was always weird he just felt like a guy you know he under that two cornerbacks coach coaches ago and two defensive staffs ago he seemed to <laughs> gain favor late in the season and then you know that new staff he kind of fell behind and then kind of fell behind again so just didn't feel like he was ever really a real fit for him um and as far as we can tell both of those guys are not in the portal officially right you know that could change in a couple of weeks yeah, but i posted that on the peristyle we checked in and According to our sources, they are not in the they portal. Are, as our of right portal, now. our portal guy, their names haven't hit yet. You know that could change in the next week or so. But not on the roster, not on the portal. They're in that in between area. Yeah. Um. So sorry, I was going to get this microphone. Uh. Yeah. And it, there's been weird. Just a side note. We have a lot of side notes here. It's been weird to see. Like we've seen guys that like don't practice at all, 
and then they come back for like a minute. And you're just like, if you don't ever see them again, that's one thing. But when they like make a brief appearance back, you're like, well, I don't get like what's going. I'm not sure exactly what's going on here. But Casey Collier was the same way. You know, yeah, he was dealing like, with uh, off the field stuff back home, and he came. He went home, then he came back for like two days, and then never saw him again. Solomon so. Tulea Pupu like practiced at one time, like, and it was like, wow, he looks really good. And yeah, yeah, he he was a little bit more consistent than those other guys because he would practice, and it just felt like they were just sort of like monitoring him extra careful, like. If maybe he worked a little bit harder and maybe he felt some discomfort or something in the foot or the knee, they were like, all right, let's take a, let's take a back. Let's, you're not going to do the rest of practice. Maybe you'll miss a practice. So, um, yeah, that felt like more of like a maintenance kind of deal, but there were some guys that were just big old enigmas and just, you couldn't figure out what, what their deal was. Yeah. Uh, what about position switches? Anything, uh, stand out to you? There's a few, right? You had Solomon Tula Pupu. He yeah, he's playing that that kind of rush end, that yeah. hybrid spot. Uh, Corey Foreman, you know, he was listed as defensive lineman last year. He's technically classified as a rush end as well. Um, the big one is obviously uh, Chris Thompson Jr., the former Auburn transfer and safety last year, kind of played that uh, strong safety position. You know, keep him down in the box. He's kind of a bigger linebacker, six foot one, or sorry, bigger safety, and he is now playing uh, inside linebacker. My pre- my presumption is going to kind of play that will spot, that more athletic spot. You know, it, it it looks like it could be a case where he wasn't maybe an above average athletic safety, but if you put that kind of guy from safety, shift him down to linebacker, he becomes a super athletic linebacker. That can kind of play that spot, play sideline to sideline, and he has show. He showed in spring, in spring camp and practices, he showed like great instincts in the box. Mm-hmm. Like linebacker kind of knows, just really aggressive, great tackler, great pop when he was hitting out there. So really good, strong tackler in that sense. So I think that's a that's a smart move, especially for a a linebacker position that's kind of weak right now in terms of depth and depth and stuff. Um, so I, I kind of like that move there. Yeah. Uh, so a few position changes and stuff. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's about anything else. Well, going. we do have the other big thing, which is interim inside receivers coach. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean that, that kind of came out the eve before that came on Monday night. Uh, USC here, sent I, I got a, a photo of him. I'll put him up here. Yeah. USC, uh, put out a press release. It was like nine o'clock at night or something like that, that, you know, inside receivers coach slash associate head coach for the offense, uh, Dave Nickel, uh, would be sort of taking a leave of absence, you know, stepping back. He was dealing with a uh, private medical matter. Um, that's what the release said. And they were promoting uh, Kevin Hurd, I believe his name is. He's an offensive analyst. He spent the last three seasons at Texas A&M, obviously has Josh Henson connections in that regard. Um, he came to USC in February. He's going to be stepping up into taking on an interim uh inside receivers coach uh for you know the foreseeable future um moving forward um and coach Lincoln Riley was asked about that sort of you know is there hope that coach Nickel can come back and he said yeah there's hope that absolutely that he can come back uh but right now they're just asking you know for the Trojan family to send their prayers out to uh coach Nickel and and his family so that's kind of the situation there so that's going to be something to monitor um, you know, moving forward. Yeah, it's um, it's Luke Heward. Uh, so Luke. Luke. What was I saying? Uh, I think you said Kevin. 
Kevin. Uh, it's Br- Brock's brother, I believe. Like Brock cured the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the connection there. Um, I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry, Coach Luke. Luke. Uh, yeah, I believe so. So he played at Texas Tech, played wide receiver there. Um, but he was up at. Uh, he played up in the state of Washington. He was actually Gatorade Player of the Year as a quarterback up there in the state of Washington back in '97, I believe it was. Uh, played in North Carolina for three seasons, and he became a high school coach. Yeah, his brothers are Damon and Brock Hewitt. So they were both at they were both QBs at Washington. So. I knew the the last name sounded familiar, and I couldn't put it together. Um, yeah. So wait, he played. Oh wait, wait who? That wasn't wide receiver. He says uh, Nick. I'm sorry, Nichols played wide receiver at Texas Tech. Heward played quarterback at North Carolina. So my my uh, sorry for screwing that up. They were both in the same paragraph of the release, which probably shouldn't be that way. But that's right, okay. Right, right. Uh, at least I got his name right. Um, oh come yeah. on! But if the the picture, if you're on uh, YouTube, he's on the left. If you're looking at the picture, he's along the, with Dennis Simmons. The uh, so those are two wide receiver coaches uh, we're showing you uh, on YouTube with uh, Dennis's Dennis Simmons. I and, saw him. I was like, that's uh, a big Heward. wide receiver coach. Is that well? He was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was a quarterback, I guess. But uh, yeah, so his famous brothers. Uh, you got the the famous son. Uh, here I'll put. Um, uh, Brendan Rice, uh, Brendan Rice, uh, you know, famous son of Jerry Rice. So uh, we got there's some some famed relatives uh, joining the Trojan football team, which, you know, not unfamiliar. But, yeah, some other news there. Uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, did say they're hopeful that um, Dave Nichol can come back, uh, you know, personal uh, family matter. So we'll see. He was the only coach we didn't get to hear from when we did the uh, sort of assistant coach car wash. Um, Josh. Henson, I believe, was remote, but everyone else was in person. Uh, but we did hear from everybody except for uh, Dave Nichols. So, yeah, you, you could tell there was something going on something there. Something was wrong, but we and, didn't know what. You know, he, in a recruiting sense, the first USC like Junior Day event they held at late January, we were told that he wasn't there. You know, everyone, all the coaches were there recruiting and talking to people. He wasn't there. So that was sort of like a, the first little like eyebrow raising thing. But obviously, it's, it's, come out now that there's some sort of private medical manner obviously so you know you want to respect their privacy in that regard yeah. so you wish them yeah whatever's you know whatever's wrong we hope uh you know gets through it and uh, gets better and all of that um but yeah so there was the other kind of news that was going into spring football a lot of new faces out there uh for the first day of spring and just so everyone knows we we did a preview uh, last week on what we could do we know a little more now just because we were out there doing it but uh, Tuesday, Thursday practices are the beginning. You know, a couple periods are open to the media, basically stretching and, uh, you know, one individual period. Then we leave. We got to go and we go to the media room or wherever you want to go. And then you come back uh, when practice is over, wait a little while, and then you get to talk to players, offensive players and coaches on Tuesday, defensive players and coaches on Thursday. We hear from Lincoln Riley on Tuesday, and we'll also hear from Lincoln Riley via Zoom. We won't get to watch anything on Saturdays. So don't have to go to campus on Saturday, but uh, we'll get Lincoln Riley Zoom, you know, 1230 or something like that. Uh, So that was, we did get, you know, we're usually in a media pen, so we're taking pictures from like a really condensed area, and we got to move around a little bit more, which was nice. So when there's only 20 minutes of access, it makes sense where you can kind of roam the sidelines a little bit. That was a little uh, more reminiscent of, uh, what we saw under, you know, the Pete Carroll days and things like that. So we got to move around a little bit, check things out. And we got to see Caleb Williams and uh, Miller Moss 
throw the football a little bit. I'll give you guys a picture of that. Felt weird, Caleb to me. Williams. What did just as like you had just said, it felt reminiscent to you know the Pete Carroll days. Ryan, I didn't live those days. I've been I've been penned up. Were you born my, then? You were born. I shut up. I <laughs> my whole USC coverage career, it's been in that pen. That's my home. Yeah, I know every inch of that little pen. Uh-huh. I know every pole marker, or whatever. I know every blade of grass. Speaking of which, I really like the new background that they had up there. The, the, the they look better. Yeah, it looked. Yeah, the other one was a little tattered and faded a little bit this one's the other one looked like it was a uh you had a big kitchen table or a big dining room table and you had like a like you had a dining a big dining room table and you had like a small kitchen table old tablecloth sitting over it so it didn't quite fit it didn't cover a whole lot uh and it just didn't look it didn't look like up to date i was waiting for a food analogy there but but i getting off my main point it felt it was a curveball because there was no pen because they were like we don't have the the cones up so you're just gonna have to like fake that they're there and stay there and then the media person came over and said new plan you can go like basically up the sideline in the middle and we were kind of like what this is this is weird yeah this is very weird i was totally overwhelmed i was like i i was expecting to have to take photos and video from this little corner i've known all my life and now you're telling me i can go up the sideline like what is this? It so, was like Black Friday, like uh, going into Walmart at five in the morning or something. Just people just like scattered, like oh, we could go somewhere. Like they just, you know, they, yeah. they got out. They were waiting in line for hours, and then they just ran out there and took I'm their ho- photos. I'm hoping that sticks because that was nice. Just to be able to move up the sideline, get some different photos and angles. I was able to watch like the closest I've ever been to the defensive lineman, sort of there working working with Sean Nua, yeah, getting some photos because everyone. Went over, like the whole flock of you guys went over to watch Caleb. And basically, I was the only one who stayed on the far side to watch defense. You guys were zigging. I had to zag a little bit. But you zagged, yeah. That's the nice part of having multiple people. You can be like split up, get more information. So we did have a crew out there. Which we did good. have a crew. We still have a crew. We- USAFootball.com, roll, we rock the crew. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, we want to like give you the most coverage possible. But yeah, so we got to fan out and see and we you know the to see Caleb Williams throwing the football uh I like the way uh he looked um him size wise I felt like he was about the same height as Miller Moss um and I thought Miller Moss had filled out looked like he had uh just especially his upper body he just looked like a thicker human being than we saw from last year and you look at Caleb Williams his lower body it looked more defined and um just you with a you know you, you know he's can run and, and you could see just he had really powerful legs you know tons of personality where you got to talk to him afterwards that was uh the no, legs of a swimmer legs of a swimmer if you yeah. would if you will i wonder if anyone has like the back of you know you see the swimmers there's like this v on the back they're just yeah. like shoulders are like out here because they just swim all the time like their practices are insane just like hey go uh do something really strenuous for just two hours straight like every practice <laughs> like oh that seems Swim miserable. a bunch. Um, but anyway, yeah, you back in the day. Because you, uh, I, I missed the joke, right? Yeah, you kind of, <laughs> you kind of like didn't pick up it was a joke and then you kind of went on its own. It's okay. I, I think other people will get the joke, but you know. Right. Yeah. Ha- have you talked to Caleb Williams about being his swim coach when he was a kid? Recently? Not recently, but I have. You have. When he yeah. first got the USC offer. Okay. Like three years ago when he was like a sophomore, I DM'd him. We talked about it for a little bit. Okay, so, so you you got to bring it up again. He's aware. I do. I I have to at some point. 
I will. I have to. I only get like one shot to do it, so I have to pick my shot. You guys, really this well. is like Eminem. This is like the one shot. You know, get your. You mean chance. like Hamilton? <laughs> you could have done Hamilton reference, but you went with Eminem reference. I, I, well, I haven't seen Hamilton, so no. I can't. Oh, okay, but I've I've seen uh, Lose Yourself. But okay, so yeah, he was. I like the way the ball came out of his hand. I thought Miller Moss threw the ball well, too. We got to see there was two walk-ons on the other side of the field, which was nice. We had the two scholarship quarterbacks on our side of the field. Just They were just throwing routes on air, basically wide receivers you know, running down the field, do a slant, do a flat, whatever they were doing. Um, and they were just hitting them. And when they had to throw the deeper balls, uh, I was watching how tight the spiral was, and it just seemed like they both were throwing nice balls. There is something about, you know, he has a powerful arm for sure, Caleb Williams, and it, it comes out. Um, and he, uh, I didn't get to talk to Miller. I think you talked to Miller Moss. He did a really good job. Uh, Caleb Williams, he's only a true sophomore. You know, Miller, same thing. He could, I mean, he holds court. And he was someone that felt very comfortable speaking. He had the biggest group of media around him, uh, very similar to what Lincoln Riley had. Um, and it was, you know, I don't feel like there was anything that he was saying. He just felt super comfortable. And you get the fact that he could be a really good leader. Coming in, only been around a month, and people still will follow him. And a lot of times leadership in football, and you know, it's funny, Colin Coward, I was watching his show the other day, and he was kind of talking about this. When you're having someone that people are willing to follow, like you could have an uber-talented player. You can have a Jay Cutler. I think that was the example, one of the examples he gave. All the talent in the world, strong arm, you know, he could just throw a football through a wall, but he's kind of a prickly person. And, you know, people don't necessarily like him that much, but he's your quarterback. It's like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to work. But, but when you have someone that has like that just kind of infectious personality and he's going to get everybody involved, he's going to talk to the backup punter and he's going to talk to the, you know, the guy that, you know, cleans the floors, he's talking to everybody and you could just, you could see the way he was just a charming individual and he's going to win people over. And how that can translate to leadership. And when you're also an uber talented football player, um, you know, I thought that was interesting. I asked him about the Miller Moss stuff, and they, uh, you know, he said, I've known Miller for a while because they would go back to the Elite 11. They actually have like a text thread that all of them are on, all the, those Elite 11 guys, um, and they would text each other and stuff. So he's, you know, they've, they've kept in touch. Uh, so it's cool that those two guys are familiar with each other, but those are the only two scholarship guys in the room, Chris. <laughs> I have just so much to touch on. on sorry. Everything okay, you just said. So, I said a lot. Sorry. Yeah, you did. Number one, yeah. two scholarship quarterbacks. You're right. We did see Mo Hassan at Pro Day. He was in the chair. He had the the uh, cast on his foot. Right. Lincoln Riley said did did say he had surgery. So And he did say that there was hope that he could be back for the 2022 season, which is wild considering that, you know, three years ago an Achilles tear was like it. Yeah. So that was an update on there. So... Possibly, you know, you could have your third quarterback back for the 2022 season. I did talk to Miller. He was obviously great as usual, just so polished. So just gives great quotes. Just so smart. Just 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 uh, well-spoken. Not like myself right now. I was going to say. Yeah, I was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, sure what he does like an idiot. Yeah, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just so you can appreciate it. Um, But he said that because I asked him about it because obviously that was kind of an elephant in the room of that scrum, but no one was asking it. So I was like, you know, how did Lincoln Riley approach that situation of bringing in, you know, his guy, you know, sort of in Caleb Williams? And he said, you know, 
uh, Coach Riley, to his credit, was super upfront from the beginning about it. You know, he called him. He said, which he didn't have to do. And he kind of just laid it out for him. And Miller said that that really made him confident in Lincoln Riley and what he was going to do here. And it also made him just more comfortable with him and comfortable with the situation when Caleb did eventually, uh, you know, commit to USC. Yeah. Um, So and then, he, you know, he added the old adage of, you know, you bring in the best, you want to compete with the best because that's going to bring out the best in you. And that's sort of how he's viewing it um, with that situation. Um, But in terms of Caleb's personality, yeah, I think this is like this is obviously the first time us as the USC media really got to talk to him. And just in general, because obviously Lincoln has his policy where freshmen don't talk to media. So Caleb was not available at all at Oklahoma until the bowl game. And that was sort of his first real media press conference. And then our only real taste of him in that sense was his good morning America (laughs) interview, which is like a wild, you know, factoid, but this was our first chance to, you know, be in front of him you know, you see how someone reacts to the questions, to the cameras, to that scrum size. I tweeted a picture at it. Obviously, he had the biggest scrum of anyone. Lincoln, maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah, he had all eyes on him and, you know, he handled it so well. He, he was, you know, playful in his answers. He was funny. He was quick-witted, you know, except for the last question we had to think about what's something he's learned while getting to USC, which is walking around. I don't know how that man does not have a scooter or some kind of a, yeah. a bicycle or anything. Um, but I wanted to get kind of your opinion because okay. you have I've obviously been doing this a long time. Yes. Covered a lot of USC teams. I'm old. You've covered, <laughs> I mean, you said it, but you've covered a lot of quarterbacks, which, you know, at USC get a lot of the media attention. So I was just kind of wondering uh, what your thoughts are on kind of his personality and kind of how it stacks up to maybe other quarterbacks you've seen because we've seen you've seen them. I've seen a couple of them, not as many as you, obviously. You know, you've seen some of their sort of media-verse, some that are kind of quiet, some that are maybe not the best in front of the crowd. So you've seen it all. You've seen the whole gambit. So just kind of where does he kind of fall in terms of your impressions of that? Yeah, it's early, obviously. There's only, you know, one practice, one media scrum with him. But uh, he's already up there. And ironically, I don't know if ironically is the right word, but Mark Sanchez was at USC football practice. Maybe coincidentally. Coincidentally. Uh, and he was someone I would put way up there. As far as like personality, like Sanchez was great. And I got to, we got to get him on the show sometime too. So we'll have to, I, uh, but he got, you know, I saw him, he come over and give me like a bro hug. He's like, what's up, dude? Like I'd run him to like golf tournaments and stuff. And I told him like, Hey, you look good on, uh, on Fox. He's doing a lot of TV stuff. And he said it a face for radio, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. He's a good looking dude. Uh, but anyway, Good, like he had uh, just amazing personality, and he would do interviews. We had uh, Emily and Michelle were like our video reporters way back then, and they were like they they, they would tag team. They would crank out like twenty, like it'd be like fit, literally fifteen video interviews like after a game, um, and they would Mark Sanchez would always be like the last one. This would be in the locker room, and he'd be like the last one out, and he'd like Mark, can we still? And he would yes, he'll do the last the last interview. Um, just would just would say anything. I, I think it was one time Sark was like the offensive coordinator down there, like on the other side of the field. And I think the filming time, like for us to film, like the beginning of practice, like stopped. And I was still filming or didn't know that it stopped or something. And Sark apparently like saw me and was just sort of like, what the hell's that guy doing? And like Mark comes over and is like, hey, stop, you know, he's going to get mad. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, 
he was just an awesome like personality dude. Like he got along with the media really well. Uh, so I would put him up there with that. Like Matt Barkley, I thought was amazing. He was really good with everybody, you know, covered him since he was like 16 years old. Uh, you know, we didn't get to see as much as of Max Brown as it, but I, you know, his personality was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously doing media stuff now. So that makes sense. You know, Mark Sanchez in the media, um, you know, love what Max Brown would follow recruiting. He would be like, you know, he'd come up to us at a recruiting event. Uh, that was, unfortunately he was part of that class. His class was the one that was like number one in the country and then like fell off a cliff or whatever. Cause they lost to like Georgia tech or whatever, but like he would come up to like me and Gerard and be like, uh, what about this guy? What's going on? You know, he'd ask questions about yeah. stuff. So he was involved. Um, uh, they probably had the best personalities. Uh, and I would put, you know, just from the, the brief time we've had with Caleb Williams, I'd put him up there. I mean, there's guys I liked, you know, but they just weren't the most outgoing or whatever. Uh, sometimes they were just sort of like, you know, a lot more reserved, um, you know, that, so I you know, don't have to mention names and stuff, but there's some people that just weren't like, I thought Leinart was really good. His was like a superstar and he's, you know, he's in the media and stuff too. Um, but he was probably a little, he was a little quieter, like just, but he was definitely outgoing. Um, but you know, Sanchez probably was the most like, um, you know, just out there as far as like he, you know, he was gregarious. He was just, he was just part, you know, he was just there and just always just smile on his face and things like that. And it seems like Caleb Williams is along that same line. Yeah. It just, just seemed like a personality that just fits so well in this area and this environment. Uh, absolutely. So, and if you're looking for a USC medium, a Mexican USC media member that has a face for radio, it's right here. <laughs> I got you right here, baby. <laughs> we got Mark Sanchez. We're, you know, we're talking. We let the whole Latina, like Latino, and like they had like a, you know, one of our our, our colleagues was out there doing uh, a feature on Chris Steele today at the pro day because he's half Mexican. I told Chris that, and Chris was like, uh, I know that, so that was good. <laughs> and speak Spanish. He's fluent. Yeah, he's fluent in Spanish. It's kind of cool. Uh, can I run through some injuries? Yeah, let's from do practice. That. Yeah, just want to get these rehab island. Really, Ooh. really. Really tiny, no, a lot of not a lot of reservations, People but wanna... you don't really expect that though. On the first day of spring, you feel like everyone's had time to heal, get back out there. You know, some of the guys from last year, Brandon Peely was out there doing stuff. You know, coming off the Keeleys, good to see him. Looks like he was a full participant, at least based off what we saw. Uh, Max Williams, obviously the nickel coming off that that knee surgery, who just put in so much work with his rehab. He was back out there. Uh, a guy who had surgery last year but isn't quite there yet, Kobe Pepe. You know, he was doing some of the uh, rehab running. He had that shoulder surgery. He was he was limited in terms of just to, to to conditioning and stuff. Other main guys were Michael Jackson, the wide receiver. He was doing some conditioning running too. Not sure what was going on there. Um, Damani Jackson, the freshman, five-star freshman. Let me, let me cr- clarify that. You know, Dante yeah. Williams hinted, you know, that he's still recovering, still not there yet. Uh, he looked good when he came out of the tunnel. He was running out there, but he had the cleats on. So I thought maybe, you know, he was going to get some practice in, but he was also kind of doing conditioning. And then Josh Jackson, the other, you know, a guy who was a breakout last year in spring. Yeah. He was also doing conditioning. So kind of those were the main scholarship guys that were there doing that conditioning. Conditioning is usually a good sign because that means you're sort of in that process of coming back. You're close. You're yeah. close. You're just getting back in shape, just get ready to do practice. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the two guys that were just spectators, uh, the big Virginia offensive tackle, Bobby Haskins, he came out with his helmet, but you got to look at the shoes, baby. Shoes tell you everything. Yeah, sneaks. Yeah, sneaks on, <laughs> which means it's not a, if you got sneaks on, you're not doing stuff. So yeah. he came out with the sneakers. 
Obviously, we've reported on it a couple times already, hinted at it. Um, you know, he had the foot injury. Don't know specifically what it is. It was an ankle or is a whatever. Not really sure. Broke all his toes. I don't know what it was. But he was out there uh, not doing anything. Lincoln did say that he expects him to be back uh, at some point to be a full participant in spring practice. So that's a good sign. The other big one that I kind of didn't notice at first and then kind of you picked up on it later was Corey Foreman. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone's expecting a lot out of him in his sophomore season. Need him to step up, especially with Drake gone. He was limited uh, and he was kind of thrown into that same Bobby Haskins uh, kind of uh, update in that he expects Corey to at some point be a full participant in practice. Not really sure what the injury is. He did not look, he didn't, I, he didn't come out with a brace or anything. I didn't yeah. see anything. So not really sure what was no going crutches on there. Or... Yeah, nothing like that. But he was kind of walking around. And then the other one, which you kind of had heard about, I believe, is kind of the tight end Lake McCree. I don't think much people. Picked... To- I totally forgot to even look for him. And I, yeah. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people picked up on this, but I put it in the notes and I gave you credit. I gave you, oh, you know, just a, okay. hey, we, we, we heard this, that, you know, he was kind of dealing with something and he was kind of not, he wasn't participating. He was kind of out there, didn't have his helmet. Um, unlike Haskins, he was wearing it the whole time. So, um, yeah, he, he was not a participant, didn't really get an update on him, but you, you would kind of heard some smoke that maybe, you know, watch out for him to maybe big kind of, you know, not out there right away uh, for spring. Yeah. The, I don't know if I put that in the war room or not. I think we might've mentioned it or something in the war room, but, uh, yeah. And I, and it's funny. I totally forgot to <laughs> look for that. I just was like, you're a little Caleb scoop Williams. and you're like, uh, I, I look at Caleb Williams. That's all I was looking yes. at. But I, but you, I was, you were drawn to Caleb Williams. I mean, we had to do like our, and you had a funny, uh, TikTok video. Follow us on TikTok If you are like the Peristyle. Yeah. At the Peristyle, we're, we're getting those followers. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Caleb came out. Of the tunnel, first time, obviously, when you got a new player, someone of that stature, everyone wants to get that video. Everyone wants to get a photo of him coming out of the tunnel. Came out of the tunnel, gave the fight on, and then kind of, you know, you're going across the street, kind of just drifted off to the the left side because they have that. Uh, there's, a, there's another entrance. Just yeah, up. it's and that's kind of where they go for PRPs. Yes. As uh, our former uh, teammate, Keely York, pointed out, he was going the PRP entrance. But it was funny because the entrance is like right there and he kind of diverged off that way and kind of the security people had to go, no, 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 over here, over here. And then I kind of got a, got a laugh yeah. out of everyone and I kind of put that up there and it's getting a little viral, not like completely viral, but Caleb did retweet me, which was nice. And then Des Bryant, former All-Pro Cowboys receiver, my team, quote, tweeted him. So nice in a way, Des Bryant. I'm on Des Bryant's timeline a little bit right now. That's so awesome. Just, just shouting that out real very, quick. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah, you can follow the TikTok at the Peristyle. Yeah, and, and yeah I guess that was in, the whole plug you were doing. Is Instagram, fun. also, the, the Peristyle. We're doing more on our Instagram feed. We have a Facebook page. we got the YouTube page. Make sure you go check out all of that stuff. We, we love that. Um, Anything else you wanted to ask about spring? Well, I got to the camp. First Spring time. camp. Uh, so uh, Kyle McDonald, I got to talk to him. The, you got to uh, talk to some coaches. I did. Let me put, uh, yeah. So the uh, running backs coach coming over from Utah. I didn't get to talk to, you know, so Austin Jones, Travis Dye were both there. I got I got pictures. to Austin. Very impressive interview. Very impressive young man. Well-spoken. A lot of energy. Really excited about that running room and running back room in general. He said, you know, the days of, 
being a one back system or dead, you know, you need multiple guys in that room right now. They're kind of thin, but he says it just being those three guys right now, they've really bonded through this process. And he's actually really close with coach uh, McDonald. McDonald actually recruited him out of high school and it was kind of down to Stanford and Utah. And Austin was like, coach, you know, I love you, but I think I got to go Stanford. He was like, I understand the best, best to you. And I kind of talked about, Hey, it's kind of funny how everything's come back full circle. And like, you're here now at USC with coach McDonald. And he thought that was kind of cool. So yeah, I'm excited for him. He's kind of the biggest of the backs. I was going to say, I'll put the picture up. Like if you can see him, there's a good picture. Chris took this one. There's some swollenness. Some swollenness. um, Uh, Those tats look pretty bad. You know, he looks like a, he looks like a bad man. Bad is in the good way. Yes. (laughs) Like, and, uh, yeah, so he's uh, he's a big dude. And we got um, Travis Dyatt a little. Looked like he got a little cut above his eye or something. Yeah, I reported this in the war room, but he had a collision with Caleb Williams in workouts. Ooh. Um, they were they were supposed to go. I don't know if it was like a drill where you just kind of touch cones or whatever, but the players were supposed to go one way. Everyone was supposed to go one way, and then Caleb went the other way, and they kind of had a collision. He didn't really like realize what had happened, and obviously he collided with him but he they had to stop it because there was like blood gushing down his face so he had to get stitched up caleb made it out of it unscathed as you can see he did not have a giant uh band-aid over his head yeah well you can't see he's got a helmet on this picture, yeah but, he yeah. said uh he said um and when i when i asked him about did caleb get hurt he was like no his head's too big <laughs> so already just kind of joking around there and austin did have an interesting quote because talking about Caleb and his leadership, he called him an alpha, called him a baller first, but then he called him, he has this alpha mentality. Like the first day they, they were all together for workouts. Caleb stepped right up and he was the one to, you know, break him down, you know, after a drill or whatever. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, that was his first day there. First, first day out. And it was like, Oh, this guy has the confidence to kind of do that and step up and be that leader at a new place, you know, where older guys already are. So he was like, Oh, okay. That told me a lot about him. So yeah. that really impressed him. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, McDonald's a really impressive guy too. The uh, you know, the running backs coach, only three scholarship running backs, all of them transfers. Um, you know, you got, and he's kind of a transfer too. And he's a transfer too. Darwin Barlow, I mean, coming over from uh, TCU last year. Uh, you know, Brandon Campbell going into the transfer portal, so you're limited there, and you know, not having any high school players yet. They're gonna get one, uh, Rayleigh Brown when he comes in. Um, I mean, Dennis Simmons said the same kind of thing because they have more bodies. They have 10 scholarship uh, wide receivers right now that, you know, that are that are on there. I'll put the Dennis Simmons one up. Uh, but he said, you know, you don't see schools sign one high school receiver. You had C.J. Williams and that's it. Um, so he feels like they were going to add players. You know, they're going to add a running back or two. Um, they're going to ra- add some wide receivers uh, as well. But I liked, you know, Dennis Simmons was was really good talking about his different guys. I mean, he's familiar with, uh, you know, Mario Williams, um, you know, because he came over from, from Oklahoma. I think you got to talk to Mario, right? Yeah. Uh, I talked to Mario a little bit. Yeah. He definitely has the personality of a guy who likes Los Angeles. Got a great smile. You know, you could tell he's got a great personality, likes a joke. You know, he didn't really say like a ton of, you know, hard-hitting things but he was like you know it's great to be out here with my quarterback you know in reference to Caleb yeah. obviously Mario committed first and then Caleb 
what felt like two years after <laughs> um, he committed. You know, he said they grew, grew, grew close out of a uh, out of high school at the Future Fifty ESPN thing, and obviously they were in the same class together. And Caleb was an instrumental part in helping that class build. So, you know, they were they were tight. Obviously, that's why the relationship stuck. You know, coming out of Oklahoma in the portal and and here to USC. Uh, the other big thing that he had, a, a nice quote he had when I asked him about the offense, or someone asked him about the offense, and he said, you know, he likes his offense because Lincoln Riley knows how to get the ball into the hands of kids who need the ball in their hands. Yeah. Which, if you think about, you know, obviously, that's been a problem for USC offenses recently is sort of, outside of, like, Drake London, you're really not getting the ball to your weapons more efficiently or effectively. Yeah. And, you know, now you're in an offense that that's the whole premise of it. Get the ball into the guys who who need the ball. Yeah. Score points is what uh there's there's different ways to describe it. And I think when we heard from the Graham Harrell stuff, like run to grab like all these different sayings and stuff. But you gotta score points. Like you gotta put points on the board. And the US offense just wasn't doing it. You get yards and not points. Uh, this is an offense I think we've seen score a lot of points, and I think USC fans are hoping that it can continue to do that. Um, all right. Anything else from uh, spring practice number one you want to I discuss? think just one more thing is something that Lincoln said that I don't think maybe a lot of people picked up on because he sort of hinted at it in the past, but he said there will be double-digit additions yeah. from you know now until the first season opener or the opener. And, you know... When you think about it, that means 13 have already come, double digit more. That's going to be 20 plus transfers. That's, I'm no math guy, but that's what, a quarter of your scholarship? Yeah. A pot is going to be transfer guys, which is unheard of. That's never been done before. And that is why, that which led him to say earlier in the scrum, you know, this will be the most unique roster yeah. in the history of USC football, given the transfers. And one of the most unique rosters in all of, you know, college football, this sport. And, you know, that's not hyperbole. That's true. Given how much turnover in this day and age when the transfer portal, you can totally reshape your offense around, you know, what's in that portal. And that's one of the big challenges that he'll have with this roster is just getting them all on the same page. You know, everyone's coming from different schools. You know, they did it differently here, differently there sort of different personalities, you know, guys who weren't bonded through a a singular high school class. This is, you know, guys, some of them grown men, some of them redshirt freshmen, some of them redshirt sophomores. Yeah. Just a bunch of different guys at different stages in their college careers, whether that be, you know, a redshirt or a guy who's got one year on the on the table still. So that's sort of the 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 the, the challenge is to get that chemistry going in time for a season opener. A lot of descriptive words, terms to use to describe like a roster, you know, depleted would be one of the more common ones that you would hear. Like unique is not one you hear about a roster. It's like if you had, you know, 12 Australian punters on your roster, like it's pretty unique. You know, we got all these Australian guys that are over here. It's um, a John Baxter roster. Yeah, uh, that would be, <laughs> that's his ideal roster. It's like lots of punters, kickers, snappers. Um I would say, yeah, to call it unique is is very interesting. And it's uh I don't think he's wrong because it's the way this roster will be, you know, just uh created is going to be different. And I feel like, you know, he, 
their expectation, he was talking about winning right away and trying, you know, he's like, there's one practice in, but their goal every year is going to be like, you could ask them any year. Like, yeah, you, they want to try to win um, and win the conference and go forward. It's not just, and I think you look at the roster and like, this is not a roster that you can win with. Okay. Well, how do we get better? Typically you'd have to wait. Well, let's get a good recruiting class this time. Well, we can't get it this time because we just got here. So next time we'll get a good recruiting class. And then the time after that, we'll get a good recruiting class and we'll win a bunch of games. And that'll help us get a great recruiting class after that. Um, and, you know, it would take a, it would take a while. You'd have a process. You'd have, uh, you're trying to do this systematically. Well, in this new era, you have a coach that's one, right. That's gone to playoff games. That's put guys in New York, one Heisman's and are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You have that and you have hope and you have the talent, the local talent base where it's not just about getting high school guys, but it's, Oh, those high school guys that got away four years ago. Okay. They can come back because now they get to come back home. You know, Travis die. Like he's, he's back home. Um, so I think it's sort of like, like a perfect storm, Chris, where all these factors come into play could, you know, if you hired like a, a good head coach, you know, it might take, it might, you get more transfers now and they're like, people are excited, but I don't think you could get the all in sort of thing that you're getting with a Lincoln Riley. It seems like it's all, it's like tw- class of 2023 already filled with five stars, right? You're, I mean, not that it's like filled, but it's all five stars right now. You're getting transfers from the conference, from the SEC, from the big 12, and you're going to get more. And I think if they have like a good spring, and you see with the roster, like, wow, Caleb Williams, he's great. He kills it at the spring game. I mean, that's probably going to build momentum for even more. Like, oh, yeah, I want to come it's there. Great advertisement. <laughs> it is. And just like, so I feel like this is a perfect storm where you normally would rebuild a roster over a series of years, and he's doing over a series of months. Like, this was, he talked about, was like his first 100 days uh, as the head coach, like, you know, presidential first 100 days in office. Um, it's different. And I, I think unique is a great way to put it because this is a unique roster. Absolutely. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back, talk about the pro day and answer some questions uh, back in a minute. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle podcast. Uh, we got to talk about USC's Pro Day. Uh, Chris and I were both out there. Uh, Fifteen different guys, I believe. Yeah, took... it was it was a great combination of being super early and hot. 
It was that's that's what you love to have super early and, and hot. Yeah, there was it was definitely warm out there. We were early. We we're there like supposed to be there at eight. They didn't really get started until <laughs> after like nine. nine. Um, but I'll, I'll read some of the names. Keontae Ingram um, and Vivai Malapai running backs. Also, uh, Samuel Oram Jones, who was a walk on uh, wide receiver. Katie Nixon was out there. who I didn't even recognize at first. He looked he looked a little thicker up top to me. Um, but he's, I feel like he's not, every USC player the last like five years has looked thicker. Yeah, coming off there once they leave USC. Chris Hawkins, back. like you know the now he's a former Arizona State assistant coach, and uh, he was a he was USC like uh, GA or grad assistant or whatever, and um, he got a lot bigger on his pro day. It was funny. It was like, yeah, now I can do my own workouts instead of whatever they were doing. Remember Nico Fala looks so different. Oh my god, time. Nico Fala looked completely <laughs> different. But to be fair, at that point. That's all they're doing is training. So it's much, their results are much quicker. Right. It's, it's like you're, yeah, it's like you're, this is your job now. So you can work hours and hours a day. Uh, the Eric Cromenhoek, the tight end who played a lot. And then Cole uh, Holquist. 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 You don't say the Holen? Hol- I'm not looking at it. I'm just trying to. It's Holquist. Okay. Then I believe I'll, I'll go off you. But yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't remember much of him. It was a walk-on. Yeah, I know, because like I'm not the greatest at the <laughs> walk-ons. Uh, Liam Jimmins and Jalen McKenzie, so a couple starters on the offensive line. Uh, Drake Jackson looking swole. Uh, Big swole. Yeah, you were talking to his dad a little bit over there. Mm-hmm. Sporting number 99. Uh, he seems to like him as a big guy. Because yeah. he, he moved around a he, lot. To be clear, he was wearing a black number 99 jersey, and he regretted that immediately because of the heat. It was hot. But yeah. yeah. Had his representation out there, Rosenau Sports. So, oh, good nice. time, good time out there for the the Jackson family. Nice. Uh, Kenai Mago was also there. Mm-hmm. Thought he looked good. Um, there was a bunch of DBs. So Isaac Taylor Stewart, ITS, uh, Greg Johnson, Chris Steele, and Isaiah Polamau. Um, I talked to Isaiah a little bit afterwards, and also punter Ben Griffiths, who uh, did the all the drills at the end and. We don't get to watch booming punts in practice right now, so we can't really tell you. Is he, that why you came to get your fix? Well, he did get a couple of booming punts. Like, there were 60-plus. But the problem was, in between the booming punts were, like, the 42-yarders, too. So, uh, But I don't know if it matters just, like, the, the fact that they know he can punt it 62 yards or 65 yards, whatever he did. Maybe that's going to be good. So, we'll see. Uh, he's 30 or 31 now, I think, right? 31? There was a former player, like a... Former player that was there that comes up to me is like, is he like 36? I'm like, no, I think he's like 30 or 31. Like, you're on the team with him. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's kind of funny. Uh, anything that you want to like, you know, we didn't see um, Drake Jackson run. He did a yeah. couple of the drills, but. Drake Jackson did not run. He said he's kind of trying to get over a little hamstring thing. Didn't want to like push it too much. He thinks he can go. Four 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 five. That's what he wants to run. Wow. That's what he thinks he can run. So he'll make himself a lot of money if he runs that. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. Right uh, now he's probably late first round, early second round kind of deal. But if he can run that, you know, I think he can sort of really push himself to be, you know, in that that bottom of that first first half of that bottom first half of that first round. Um, the other Drake, Drake London, did not participate. He will have his own. On he April did walk 5th. in, though. He did walk in. He deserved he, a tweet just for that. Yeah, I, I tweeted that out if you want to see him walking. Um, but yeah, he walked in kind of. 
here to support his boys uh, doing the the combine, the pro day. Yeah, so. apparently all 32 NFL teams were represented, so that's a good thing. But it was as far as like other pro days have gone. If you don't have that star power, and we've seen a lot of star power at some USC pro days, there just it wasn't really there, and there wasn't just there was. There's a decent amount of media, but and there was people from the NFL Network and stuff, some different uh, reporters and such. But there wasn't like, a, you know, Sam's a, a couple years ago. Yeah, there wasn't like owners in the in the crowd <laughs> like when Sam Raining, was there, making million dollar decisions, like right there in at, the locker, yeah, sitting at on those benches. They weren't doing that. Uh, there wasn't like some TV truck where they were broadcasting live from the NFL Network. It, there just wasn't that sort of buzz around um, pro day, so you know it, it. I guess it is what it is. There were some former players that were there. I mean, or current players that were there, like Caleb Williams came out. I think we saw Xavier Christian Alf. Record. Christian Rector oh, was there. That's former Martin, player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the current guys were there. Uh, Xavier Alford, uh, Elijah Winston, Anthony Beavers, Jalen Smith. Uh, I saw Chase Williams. Looks like he's still on campus, you know, kind of finishing up whatever semester he's on. But, yeah, a lot of guys come out to support their uh, their former teammates. Yeah, so we'll have uh, – I don't know if – yeah, I don't think it's up yet. We'll have a story on You'll that. have a little notebook about all the stuff, some quotes, some yeah. takeaway stuff like that. We took that. some pictures. We put some tweets out and stuff. But it just wasn't really like the kind of buzz buzz. The buzz buzz that uh, we have seen from some other pro days. But, uh, all right, well, we can get into – questions do we have a voicemail do we have a... we have a voicemail why don't we start with that yeah let's do it hey ryan chris and shotgun if you're there this is curtis from moreno valley so we have a spring game that will be televised by espn we don't have to deal with the pac-12 network and we're the only game that espn is covering in the spring from what i understand looks like good times for us and we really have to thank USC for hiring Carol Falk and then Carol hiring Mike Baldwin because that's what made the difference. Remember, we didn't have a president for quite some time. We didn't have an athletic director for quite some time with all the hell going on. But when they hired Carol, she understood how important football was and put some money behind it. Great job, Curtis from Moreno Valley. Well, thanks for the. Uh, I don't think there was a question there, but thanks for the call, Curtis. He just wanted to give Carol Folt props. President Colt, President Folt. President Folt. Remember, there was like there was rumors going around like she was going to be gone or whatever, like just you know any day and stuff like that. We love the rumors on the P. Um, Sometimes they get a little crazy. They get a little nutty. Uh, yeah, no, I mean. There's been such poor leadership at USC at every level. And that was the difference. And I, I mean, I talked about that ad nauseum and you know, the scandals that were going on uh, throughout the university, not just in the athletic department. I mean, you're going to the president, like, are they allowing this to happen? Are you allowing a Dean that, that raises a lot of money and brings in like high profile, like Hollywood clients or whatever, you let them stick around because they're bringing in money and they're good for the school, even though they're doing these horrible things and you kind of ignore them. And uh, yeah, so I think the leadership was bad there. Obviously in the athletic department, you know, the back-to-back -back whammy of 
Pat Hayden and Lynn Swan, like you couldn't do any worse for your Oof. athletic program. Oof. And uh and you know, I don't I can't tell you that Carol Fultz an amazing college president. I don't know. I'm not I'm you know, judging presidents not my thing. I'm better at judging athletic directors, and I can't tell you Mike Bone's amazing. I mean, I told you when he got hired, he's at least gonna be like above average, which compared to what you had before is like, you know, five star, five star, five. I mean, it's just you couldn't get you, he could be amazing. We do, I don't think we know yet, but the the hire, the Lincoln Riley hire was it's an amazing hire. And even if it doesn't work out, I'm not putting that on Bone. Like Bone did every like what what's the best thing you could possibly do? He did it. And you put it you put your program in a position to succeed. If for some reason Lincoln Riley, you know, flames out, I'm not saying Mike Bone you're an idiot. Like no, Mike Bone you did the best thing you could do. When you see I hired Chip Kelly, Props to you. Like you did the best thing you could possibly do. It's not working out. Uh, they didn't sign him to extension, but I don't put that on the athletic department when something like that happens. But yeah, like the leadership is a lot better than it was before. And when that happens, you make better decisions and good things like, oh, Lincoln Riley's hired happens. And once you do that, you're like, oh, you can recruit five-star players now. Oh, you can bring in a bunch of like high-profile transfers. Oh, you can be a nationally relevant football program and it'd be the only spring game on ESPN. That's what happens when you make good decisions from a leadership point of view. And USC just made so many bad decisions. Now that looks like it's being reversed. I don't really have much to add on that because you did a good job, a great job there. But if you have less than, if you have more than one FBI scandal, I don't <laughs> consider you a good uh, athletic director slash president combo. So <laughs> what? The FBI, I, can't, I can't say that. When I the FBI. Say- Oh, yeah, yeah. Goes. When the FBI has you on speed dial, More I think I think I think it's a problem. Oh, so I think bad. it's a problem. So many bad, 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 bad choices. Careful down there, Swanee. How'd yeah. you not have that? How'd you not have that water boy voice soundbite for your thing? I should have, have that. Swanee. Careful down there, Swanee. I like it. You need a well. It's missed the boat now. It's like he's not here anymore. It's like yeah, you just did it. Um, we could uh, we, record that. We have two email questions. Okay. So let's get through those. You want the, the longer one or the shorter one first? Let's do that short one first. Okay. This one comes from Judy. It's very sweet and succinct. Do you have to be vaccinated to attend the spring game? Cost? Question mark. Um, yeah. They don't have that sort of information out. They said there will be more game details and program details in the coming weeks. So I would assume... By April, you'll have a little bit more information, including uh, the the price and stuff like that and certain protocols you have to go through. I'm assuming you will have to show proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test. Uh, we still have to do that to be on USC's campus. We do not have to wear masks now while we're watching practice and stuff. So I don't think you'll be required to wear a mask. I don't know if that will change for the Coliseum. Um, as far as costs, not really sure. Uh, what could it cost, uh, Ryan? It's, it's I think they've $10? been like ten bucks is what it, it used to be. So it's like uh, a banana. It's, <laughs> it's like a a gallon of gas. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure because it's outside. I don't, and I think, I think the state of California is not requiring proof of vax or negative tests after April 1st. I think that's what I read. I don't know, they're changing the rules like all the time. I'm guessing you won't need it by then, but they they haven't. The re- I think the reason they haven't announced it is because 
things are changing. Policies keep changing mm-hmm. and changing. So um, and, I think there's more of like they're waiting for like whatever California, LA County says. But Judy, if you are a season ticket holder, you get complimentary tickets to the spring game. So you don't have to worry about it. Nice. So, and there's, we've seen, remember all the threads, Chris, about I'm a 40 year season ticket holder and I'm canceling until Clay Hilton's back, whatever. We're seeing threads of, I'm, I'm a brand new season ticket holder or I'm back. I'm for, back, baby. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good sign if you're USC. Okay. Let's get into the long one. Uh, it all seems strange not having Keely or Dan on the podcast, but it is great to get Chris's perspective and insights. I made that last part up. No, I you have, didn't. It's, it's there, I see it. <laughs> I have been disappointed the past two years that I have not been able to purchase the annual USC Football Media Guide. I have a streak of media purchases from 1980 when the Sports Information Department started selling the guides to the public. Will a media guide be published this year with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams on the cover? And also, how can I access the reporting that Keeley is doing for the university? Ryan, you mentioned the various ways to find out about Trader Joe's. Are you aware that it is twice? there is a twice-monthly Trader Joe's podcast called Inside Trader Joe's that is about 20 minutes long that introduces you to all the aspects of the Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's culture and products? Fight on and win. Dan, class of 1962. Hey, Dan. Thanks for that. And yeah, I think we talked about the podcast before uh, for Trader Joe, so you can check that out. They're like shorter ones, so you can just get like a little feel uh, of what's going on. Um, access Keeler's reporting. I don't think you can. I think it's impossible. We're like, they're, they're, she's a competitor now, Dan. We can't talk about her stuff. It's actually funny. They tweeted out like her practice report, and I look at it on TweetDeck, and it was like, I didn't see anything. It just said like, here's her report. And on TweetDeck, there's no link or anything. Um, apparently it was like a photo that if you're watching, if you're watching the app, you can get it. If you're watching on TweetDeck, it doesn't, the link wasn't there. Interesting. So I text Keely. I'm like, Hey, you have no report there. It's like, here it is. You can see it. I'm like, Oh, it doesn't show up on TweetDeck. So Dan, I couldn't read it. So I don't know. Cause I didn't see it on my TweetDeck, but so you, follow her on social media. You can get it. Basically to give you the real answer, just go to usctrojans.com. Their athletic department site. You can see all the stuff, you know, like the press releases and stuff they do. Yeah, and Achilles now part. Or of yes, that. just follow her, and you can see her tweet out all her stuff. I'm sure she'll tweet. Uh, so I know people that have done the media guide purchase thing for a while. So media guides were a big thing. Uh, the printing costs, all that was something that just sports information departments had to do. When you would go to uh, Pac-12 Media Day, there would be a you know a, a long table that would have. Media guides from all the different schools. A lot of times you would get, they'd give you like a free bag and people would have 10 media guides probably at the time uh, or you know, maybe 12 now that you would bring with you of various sizes, uh, a lot of historical data that would be in there. And then sometimes people have cut those out. They used to be even bigger. Uh, then we started getting digital copies of them. And I think that's where there, I, I don't, know if they print out they used to do the for spring guides too like they would sell spring guides to the the public i don't have you seen a, a, a i don't think so I don't know not if they in have a while them, but in the media room there are stacks and stacks of old media guides there are like, a lot of like there. ones with porter gustin on them if you're missing the last two years i'll see if there's them in there i'll grab you too because there's just like hundreds in there yeah and if you call the sports information department like they'll, they'll they probably should be send to help you one you. if they have them yeah yeah like because th- i don't think there's a lot of requests for media guides at this point but i get it dan like there's people that were they're collecting these things you know so absolutely yeah uh but thanks dan for that question 
That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, all I got for you. Yeah, uh, we 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 did get a review. It was not five stars. They gave us a four star review, so can't read that one. Um, Look, a four star, star. A four star prospect is still nope. Okay, it's uh, no. okay. Got to be a five star review. What did we get dinged on? Was it my uh, accent? It, there was uh, about our basically using like bridge words like you know and things like that, which is. In conversation, which you know, <laughs> I really don't give a damn. <laughs> it was something along those lines, which like it'd be more professional. If you listen to professional broadcasters, every word out of their mouth is not something that you would write down on a piece of paper. There are words that you use in conversation, and these are very conversational podcasts. We do not go through and edit these, take out ums and buts and so's. This is a conversational yeah. thing. And That's- yeah. Uh, David Woods, I talked to him all about it. He's much more of a linguist than me. He's like studied all kinds of, and he, he gets off. If anyone goes on it, he goes off. He's like, he says like a lot. There's certain words he will say, but he will go off on something like that because this is, it's conversational. This is how you use the English language when you're speaking more than when you're writing it down. So let's try to close this podcast without doing any of the, um, you just did it. Um, bridge, 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 bridge words. words. Let's let's try it. Let's just try it. Loser has to give five dollars to someone. I don't know. Will we even notice if someone loses this bet? I think we will. It is your turn to talk. It would be very hard to say something for more than thirty seconds and not use a bridge word, and we would not even notice if there was a bridge word because it's just part of conversations. This is us being so petty in, in doing this. <laughs> is there anything else you want to throw out there for this podcast? Because we will be back at it this week. Where we'll talk to defensive coaches. Um, dang it. <laughs> dang it. I'm so angry at If myself. you go from one thought to another, I'm it's so, really I, hard. I, I, I'm done. But at least you caught yourself. I'm done. You wrap this up. I'm done. I would say, I'm not going to use the, uh, without the ums and the os. Uh, I would. Fe- I felt like the energy, even though when they got got to watch twenty minutes, was really good. Talking to the players, uh, a lot of positive uh, energy from them. Addressing the media well. The new players coming in felt like they were part of the team. The uniqueness of this roster that Lincoln Riley talked about, I liked because when you see when you're talking to a, an assistant coach, everyone we talked to was new. They hadn't been around before. Even if the players that are on the team, they feel like they're new. They almost feel like they're transfers, right? Because they're the whole everything around them is different. Even though they're they're in the same locker, they maybe they're in the same dorm, whatever. Everything else is new, and their teammates are new. And you have a running back room where no one's played. You know, there's not a single running back that's played with one of their teammates in that room right now, and there won't be. And that's just a very unique situation, you know. And when you're bringing in the wide receivers, you have well, Mario Williams comes in, but he played with this system before, so that kind of helps. He played with a quarterback. Does he have a leg up on, like, a Gary Bryant, who's been here for a couple of years, but he doesn't know the system. He doesn't know this quarterback. No, he knows Miller Moss, but there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of uniqueness to the roster, and I think it puts it on more of an even playing field when sometimes you see a lot of transfers come in and you need time to make it work. The chemistry... And there was the the dynamic of it is that there's like 
the culture that was there, and then you're bringing these new people in, and they have to integrate into it. I don't know if that's going to happen because the whole culture is new. Like there, you're bringing every, everyone's new. Then maybe that makes it worse. But I kind of think it'll make it a little bit better because it's not like here's what we do. You come in and fit it in. It's like, what do we do? Everyone's walking in and they're they're everyone's new to this. We're all learning it together. Yeah, it's sort of. It's like you're starting on the same page, even though you've all come from different you know books or whatever. Yeah, and Miller kind of said that when I asked him about the winning culture and how that's the cult, the the championship culture and how that's being built and how that process is going. And he said, you know, it's working because Lincoln Riley has a formula for how that goes, uh, a playbook, if you will, for building that culture. And it's a proven culture. And, you know, he's backed it up with wins. So it's not like these are his words. It's not like throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. This is a proven formula. So it gives them a lot of confidence in following it. And that's all I'm going to say because I'm so upset about the uh, the, the um, word. Yeah. yeah. There would be – I feel like that's – if you're going to follow somebody and they're new, uh, they're young, um, whatever it is, a guy like Caleb Williams, he's got the personality. He's got some tape from last year. You're like, all right, I can see myself following that guy. You know, you got Lincoln Riley. He's got a proven track record. You're going to follow that guy. If someone comes in and is, you know, the most eloquent speaker, doesn't use any bridge words, says all the right things, you could still be reluctant to follow them if they if they don't have a proven track record. Sometimes new coaches do that. They come in and like, here's my plan and here's what we're going to do. And you might not get everyone buying in, but there is a blueprint to what Lincoln Riley has done. And if that helps players buy in, that's great. Now that's only going to last for so long, right? Like if, if they're, you know, if I, I remember talking, God, this was a long time ago. So Paul Hackett, so people don't want to hear the name, the Paul Hackett name. Uh, it was at, I think one of those, like, uh, it was like a pre, I think it's like a fall camp, like last media availability or something like that. And I'm talking to one of the football players and they were like working their butts off and they were, you know, like like, like two, three a day is like when you could do all that kind of stuff. And it was really hard. And he had said, and I, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't I apologize. I don't remember who it was. Uh, he didn't mind the hard work. Like he, he's like, I did, you know, it's fine, but you got to see results. Like if you're making us work really hard and we suck, right. Like that's, well, I'm not going to work that hard anymore. And why am I doing this? Right. So you can get someone to work hard. And then when they win, they're like, ah, oh, that makes sense. You know, I get, uh, the funny, I was talking to the reporter, uh, Elise today, who does stuff for the NFL network. And she said her mom like pulled her out of school in like second or third grade English school and made her go to Spanish school. And she hated it for, you know, and now she loves it, you know, and that was hard work when she was seven or eight years old or whatever it was, but it paid off. And now she's fluent in both you know languages and she's thankful that she did that. But if, if like she never learned Spanish and like she's got bad grades and was miserable and lost all her friends, like she probably wouldn't appreciate that as much, you know. So, uh, not maybe not the best analogy, but this is one that popped up from today. But there, if you're, will, you know, people are willing to work hard if you know that the results are going to be there. So you just told that story because I don't speak Spanish. You don't speak Spanish. I I really wish I spoke Spanish. Like I want to. Le- I'm just too old to learn. I think now I don't remember. Hey, like, Duolingo, anything. sponsor us. Lingo, How about yeah. that? Show that you can teach this old dude to speak Spanish. I mean, when I go down to Mexico and stuff, and it's just, I try, but I just don't know enough. 
Um, you never learned? Like you never wanted to learn or did you want to learn? Yeah, I wanted to learn. And I asked my parents all the time, why didn't I learn? And they would blame each other. Like, oh, they didn't want you to. They were they both, they're both fluent in Spanish? Yeah. Okay. More or less. Yeah. More or less. Okay. And here I am. I can say grapes. That's <laughs> Uvas. Gerard, I don't think Gerard's really, I like, I always told Gerard, like, I think I'm more Mexican than you are. Like I would go to Mexico. He <laughs> speaks Spanish, but all right. Well, we got off topic there. Um, did you have any last thoughts? I told you I'm done. You're done. I'm okay. Just, I, I can't, I can't come back from that. All I'm right. looking forward to talking to defensive coaches on Thursday. That's all I got. Gotcha. All right. Well, we should be done uh, with this. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this edition of the Peristyle Podcasts simulcast on Tunnel Vision over on our YouTube channel. But uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique interesting and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.